Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Campfire Gaming Podcast. My name is Rich, and I will be your host for this evening. As you may have noticed, if you're on the video or if you're listening, uh, we are currently too shy of a ba- of a full basket here. I think a couple of our co-hosts have died from Halloween, so <laughs> it is just going to be myself. And with me tonight, we're going to have Chris. How's it going, Chris? You know, it's going all right. Cool. Uh, tonight, what we have on the docket for you is uh, we are going to be talking about the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, the definitive edition, and we got some release dates around that. Halo Infinite has uh, nice has been kind enough to bless us with some more information regarding the PC <laughs> release, as well as uh, some campaign information. So we got a full video on that that we get to discuss. Um, along with that, we have uh, Far Cry 6 has got an interesting marketing campaign, or I should say Ubisoft in general, has got a very interesting marketing campaign, and it's kind of uh, kicked the beehive a little bit. Along with that, we have uh, Battlefield Five has learned a bunch of things from their beta, and we're going to kind of discuss that a little bit. And to close it off tonight, we're going to have uh, the Sony State of Play, which uh, happened early, late last week, I believe. Yeah, what was that, Friday, I think? Yeah, I think so. Cool. So... Before we get started into that, be sure to go to our website at campfiregamingpodcast.com. There you can find all of our previous episodes. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CampGamePod, Instagram at campfiregamingpodcast. If you are coming to us from the YouTube space, be sure to click the like button and subscribe to us if you like our content. We love hearing from you, so be sure that if you do jump on our website, be sure to join our Discord. We love hearing from our, uh, we love hearing from our audience, and we love discussions about book clubs. Um, if you haven't heard our big announcement uh, from last week, our book club this month, it's going to be 12 minutes. I don't think we mentioned that in last episode, so I'll be sure to get that out now. <laughs> 12 yeah. minutes out on Game Pass. So be sure to uh, join us for that. So to kick it right off, we're going to go into the Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, Definitive Edition. I believe we talked about this just briefly on an episode maybe two weeks ago, three was, weeks ago. Yeah, it was fairly recent. It was fairly recent. Um, yeah. We got the announcement that they are doing a definitive edition, graphical updates, all that good stuff of the uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, San Andreas, and Vice City in not that particular order. <laughs> um, from there, we've gotten, you know... Uh, videos showing off some of the graphical updates they've kind of gone into a little bit of how they're revamping the controls a little bit to be to basically handle like a more modern grand theft auto game basically do it giving it all the mechanical touch-ups and things like that but i think the content is going to be remaining pretty much the same yeah yeah we haven't heard of them cutting anything um i've heard there's some uh news that there might be some different music soundtracks than what we had before sure licensing, licensing. Is, yeah always going to be an issue yeah that's always um, going to be a bitch i think that probably the nicest thing i've heard so far is that they are taking the um 
targeting, the aiming of Grand Theft Auto V, as opposed to that really weird lock-on system they had for those games back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I'll appreciate the updates. Yeah, no, I think that'll be uh, fun for those that play it. Um, as far as who is going to be able to play it, uh, the digital release will be on November 11th. Um, we'll have, uh, according to this, San Andreas is going to be coming to Game Pass <laughs> that same day. Yeah. And then um, we're going to get a physical release on my birthday, December 7th. Woo! So that'll be one day before um, all of the Halo Infinite stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing you are probably going to participate in the uh, in the uh, Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition. How like how close were you tied to the original Grand Theft Auto stuff? Um, I, I'm Vice City was probably my first real experience into Grand Theft Auto. Mm. I I remember uh, during when three came out, I was kind of doing a little like war with the Driver series, which oh driver, sure. Clearly, yeah. driver failed. Yeah. Um, so, but I was at least in its early days team driver, and then uh, Vice City came out, and, and I realized I was wrong. So, yeah. But um, I love San Andreas as well, so I'm really excited for that one too. But um, yeah, I will say they're they're how they're coming. The Game Pass version is a little weird because it is just San Andreas. I, mm-hmm. I dug around for confirmation. But yeah, at least it's something, I guess. I, do, you think I this, do you think this could be like a publishing sort of thing? Like I'm uh, one, yeah. They have yeah. like a publishing rights to one, but not the rest of them. So it's like going to be a bit fragmented. I mean, it is going to be releasing on all the consoles. Yes. But for Game Pass specifically, it is San Andreas will only be on Game Pass. It's kind of like then, they're a pusher. And they're like, here's your little taste. But if you want the rest of it, you're going to have to pay. Along with uh, GTA 3 is also coming to PlayStation now on December 7th when the physical <laughs> copies go out. So the release of this is actually really confusing. Is yes, that... it is. Very much so. So you'll be I'm... able to buy a digital copy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure. Is this being... Because I know that they had this on um, not just consoles, but PC. Yeah. You know, you can still buy a lot of these games for PC on Steam and things like that. I'm going to assume that they're know. going to be releasing these... Uh, let's see. It'll I be available at some point in my Steam library. I don't remember how, though. Okay, so here's what we got. We got the $60 compilation package will be available across PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X and S, Nintendo Switch, and PC okay, through the Rockstar Games launcher on November 11th. Physical edition for all of the consoles will be available on December 7th. The press release made no mention of the physical version for PS5. Oh, weird. That is weird. Um, hmm. So yeah, that's for your release dates. I think the the biggest question I'm I'm the most curious to see uh, a lot of newer gamers' reaction to Grand Theft Auto Three and its silent protagonist. Because mm-hmm. right, this I think people are going to be get, shocked. Yeah. Well, like that was yeah, the Grand Theft Auto Three was really their their first sort of. Um, big push into a very like narrative yeah. play i mean grand theft auto one and two being like goofy little top down you kind of just screw around and it was all text-based <laughs> yep. all that yeah like they they broke into like the 3d thing it followed like a story arc of you like you know meeting with different um like mafiosos and gangs and things like that and there's like you know a whole side story of 
corporate trying to fuel a gang war and all that to like raise yep. lower housing prices and yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And then, yeah, they even they expanded upon that even further with Vice City with the whole 80s theme and the very Miami Vice feel. And so that's the one thing I'm a little scared about is what that soundtrack is going to be, because that soundtrack <laughs> for that game was absolutely legendary. Oh, it was so great. I loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah. I can't so, wait. I'm going to be bummed when they didn't get, you know, like if they don't get a flock of seagulls. I was actually just thinking about that song. It's like, I remember that coming with the trailer for yep. Vice City, right? Like they, they played the Flock of Seagulls with that. And it, yeah, <laughs> again, playing very hard into like that Miami Vice, oh, uh, yeah. Scarface sort of a thing. I loved it. Classics. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Uh, by the time most people hear this, it's only going to be a couple of days away. Right. Yeah, there'll be about can, a week. Yeah ish half a uh, it comes out what is that next thursday next thursday so it'll yep. be yep about five days from this recording if you're listening to this when we Ooh. drop on saturday then uh you could be excited for that for a digital release of this oh yeah uh, so moving on with that with the december 7th release the day after that we all know it's coming <laughs> the day after december 7th and that is halo infinite oh yeah with Halo Infinite coming, there's a lot of things up in the air. You know, I know you, me, and Matt have kind of had our, you know, yeah. we've we've had our our scraps about, you know, what what to think about with all this Halo Infinite stuff. Um, but I think with the couple of things that they released, we at least got some clarity into what's going on. Yes. So they three four three gave us a deeper campaign trailer to kind of expand upon what they had back from E3 I think 2019 or whenever they <laughs> gave us that original trailer um I think that was about when they gave us that but they dropped a a video for us it was about what like a 10 minute ish long video yeah, something like that yeah kind of you know it showed off a lot of stuff in there so we got to see a lot of things we got a lot of information about what the gameplay is going to be like something like, you know, we got to see some of like the tack map. There was mm-hmm. um, armor upgrades. There were, um, you know, various points that you could capture. It it felt very much like a, like your atypical open world game where you have like various points of interest around the map that you have to like, you know, take this base, get a reward, that sort of a thing. Yeah. But at, at the same time, it, it didn't look like it didn't look directly like you could go from like one end to the other and walk if you wanted to. You basically mm-hmm. would have to use their fast travel system, probably the Pelican, to bounce you between A and B. Yeah. Yeah. We did notice that there are there is going to be fast travel in the game. I think they confirm uh, three, four, three yep. confirmed that as well. Yeah. Um, we also got a little bit into the narrative as well. Um, a little I bit know. on the banished and whoever this big baddie is, but we did get a confirmation that the story is going to include Cortana into some capacity. Yes. Um, we got a little bit of introduction to the character. One of the main characters, your new, your Cortana 2.0, AKA <laughs> the weapon. I don't know why that's a code name. That seems like a really weird code name, right? It's, it's such a grim, concept for one of the ais in the halo series to be called the weapon yeah just the weapon yeah that's not really like 
that's not really coding anything. I think that's no. pretty obvious. What right? What well, that and, is. and what's the coding succeeding at? Like, if the enemy finds out the weapon is in transit, I, I feel like they're going to kind of go for that. Yeah. Like, Coding it the weapon doesn't help anyone. Right. Unless they're just trying to be super generic and say, yeah, right. the weapon is en route. And they're like, okay, what weapon? Is it a, <laughs> is it a laser or is it an AI? I don't know what that means. Oh, boy. It's a weapon. Uh, um, I will say it looks a lot better than that first trailer we saw at what the E3 conference a few years back. The, oh, yeah. The shading looks way better. The detail looks a lot better. Um, Craig has hair. I was going to say, yeah, good for him. We did get confirmed that, uh, Craig does, does in fact have hair now. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a cool beard and he's got a little bit of hair on the top of his head. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I, I have hopes. I have a lot of hopes. It looked fun for, to me. Uh, I, 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 man, I wish Matt was here cause I'd love to hear his direct thoughts. He shared some of it on discord, but I'd love for it to be a little bit broader. Um, mm-hmm. though, you know, you guys can always come on to our discord and see those thoughts um, and, and participate. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We want to hear it. Like, do you think that this looked like dog shit or do you think that this looks like the best thing ever? I don't and know. It did kind of seem fairly split. We don't really have like a direct, like we, we do seem to have groups of some people think it still needs work. Some people think, you know what, we, we'll probably get something that's at least decent mm-hmm. and we'll kind of see. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of us, the 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 salt from the uh, the no co op <laughs> announcement hasn't quite worn yeah. off. Yeah, I it, I mean, I don't fault that. It is probably the first thing that really got me into Halo. But mm-hmm. me too. I mean, the amount of hours that I've spent playing with oh friends God. in particular yeah. can't uh, can't undo that. Right. Um. So, what did you think of? You know, like I said, we we kind of unpacked a lot of stuff with this trailer. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, one of the things being the armor upgrades. That is something very, very new to the Halo franchise. There's actually a a little minor like RPG element to it. It Where it's like, like from what I understand and from what they've showed off in this trailer here is that they will have you go and attack these various points of interest. Mm-hmm. you'll either disable a shield or stop an enemy transport or you know like these little like side objectives and you get rewarded some kind of a currency and you use said currency to improve your armor abilities like your shield wall your grapple hook etc cetera, etc cetera. what are your thoughts on that not really something that i thought was super necessary for halo to stay relevant uh though i'm sure it is something trying to appeal to I'm not uh, people who do play a lot of those kind of games. Like, I, I mean, I play a ton of Ubisoft games that basically follow that exact same mechanic, but I, it feels like it's more of a distraction in the halo game than something that I want to focus on. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree. And I feel like this might be why a not this in particular, but this might be fueling into why a lot of the audience is so split because sure. there's, I know there's like, there's kind of a sub faction that's like, okay, one of the things we were worried about this being an open world game is it, is it going to be basically an Ubisoft open world? Yeah. Game? It's a grind. It's, you know, you just go from point A or from various point of interest, you upgrade your stuff. It's, right it's a formula right like it's it's the ubisoft formula my my hope would be in an effort to kind of fight that is it's open world in the sense that so um like the 
it's a grander vision of the second mission of the original Halo when you first mm-hmm. land on Halo and you could kind of tackle those main points really in any order you wanted to. You didn't have to go to each spot to rescue the Marines. You could have gone to anyone first. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping this is a grander scale of that where once you've kind of cleared out that area, that's it. You never have to go back. It's not really relevant to anything else you're going to do. It's just part of your mission to capture the Halo. Sure. So I'm hoping, hoping that that's what this is going to end up being. Yeah. And I think that, you know, moving to this sort of open world thing, one of the biggest challenges I think that they'll run into is that in comparison to your example of, you know, the level titled Halo from Tom Evolved. Just the, yeah, it was just called Halo. Yep, it was just <laughs> called Halo. Um, in that level, it did, I mean, your objectives were very clearly stated. Yes. And there was a very, like, you know, there was finality to it where that if you you hit point A, B, and C, level was over. And then mm-hmm. you, you exited. With this, it's far more complex in that if you have all these different points of interest on the map, I feel like, yeah, it's really challenging to design this game in such a way that it's like, well, what's my motivation for actually wanting to go hit these points right. of interest? Well, right. they took the option of you get a currency that can help you do other things. We'll see how well that that pans out. I'm a little skeptical about it in general, mainly because... I don't know, like the armor abilities are very cool, but is it worth spending a bunch of time to upgrade those if they don't do anything significant? Right. And my example kind of going off of this is kind of going all the way back to a book club that we had, which was uh, Destroy All Humans. So the reason that I kind of bring that up is that when you're building in things like upgrades, having really, really big, significant impacts to how you play with these upgrades made the game feel so good. And mm-hmm. I think that's what was so fun is that once you got a big upgrade, it felt like a big upgrade. My hope is that, yeah, it's like, well, why am I going to go through all the trouble to tear down this big shield, fusion core, whatever the hell this thing is, to get a point so that I can have two more charges of grapple hook? Right. You know? like Yeah. How are you going to keep it meaningful? Yeah, like I think that there should be, you know, it should be very significant if these upgrades are, it didn't seem like there was a lot of them either, you know? No. No, and I'm hoping that just is more of a sign that it's not a focus point for your progression. It's just something you can do if you really want to. If you want a special mod, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm jumping to... um Oh my god! I just blanked out on it. Even though it's it's on here for something else we're going to talk about. Oh, the division. Sure. Because you can do little minor updates to your you know little special abilities that modifies it in some slight way. Like maybe your turret's a flamethrower as opposed to a machine gun or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if it it it's not something you have to do, but it can modify it to your taste a little bit better. But I don't know. Well. Unfortunately, we're kind of in a <laughs> a wait and see for the next probably for the next month until it releases. Yeah, yeah. You know, once yeah. we start actually getting our hands on it, then we can make a, a final judgment call on whether this was kind of the right move or not. Yeah. Um. But again, like they showed a lot of cool stuff. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you you're gonna get flying vehicles. They showed. Um. I know noticed that in Discord, you mentioned how you really liked the uh, the vehicle spawner. Yeah, I kind of I got I got giddy about that idea because. Uh, 
I mean, realistically, I, I, I the only vehicle I, I ever cared about in Halo is a Warthog. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever want no to drive. Scorpion? No Scorpion? I, not a Scorpion fan? Not really. It, I, I don't know if it's because they felt they feel overpowered and when you get handed a scorpion you're like oh okay i know i need to use the scorpion because you're gonna go up against a bunch of other tanks so it's like it always felt forced Mm -hmm. whereas the warthog is always just like this is just gonna be a fun way to traverse the world Mm. go off off of jumps i've always really liked those um those scorpion segments mainly because it's just like the time when they throw a bunch of crap at you and yeah you're really just like uh, yeah yeah, it's like you're you're rolling down and you're just blowing everything up and it's just kind of a, you know, it's always a very short-lived segment, but it's yeah. always really fun. Well, and they always did do it the right way because it comes at like the t- 60% into the campaign or something where you're like, after you've just done a really stressful mission and it's like, all right, now I have this tank, I'm going to blow off steam by blowing the Covenant to bits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like OST is probably my favorite example of that. Or um, you know, Halo Two, going back to back to Halo Two, where you're riding up the bridge and you're just oh, blowing yeah. out banshees and wraiths and things like that as you're storming across the bridge. <laughs> yep. Although that's that not one. the only war. That's not the only scorpion segment. There's actually two scorpion segments yeah. in that game. Yeah, two leans on them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Or three, I think, because you get a wraith at the end. I think. You can, yeah. You can get a wraith, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so along with that, I mean, so you liked the vehicle spawner. It looks like you can. I did, didn't see what kind of vehicles you could really spawn out of it, other than lighter vehicles. But they did show that you can have like air vehicles, yeah, and all sorts of stuff. There's you know different points of interest that look like they're very vertical, so like you will have to take a flying vehicle up to those points of interest that you can you know, do more stuff. They they showed some cool moves where like the dude jumps out of a vehicle and like, I think he grapple hooks a banshee or something like that and yep. jacks it and you know, cool moves like that. It's just kind of fun. It also looked like there really wasn't fall damage in the game either. No, which is what they used to do for the most part. And unless you really fell out of the map area completely, but yeah, it's like one of the most, um, I see. I can't remember if uh halo reach, had fall damage or not. I want to say it did. I think it did. But it's been like a really inconsistent thing where it's like right. Halo 1 did. Halo 2 and 3 did not. Halo Reach did. I don't remember if Halo 4 and 5 did or did not. I want to say they didn't. I think I just played through the campaigns and said, all right, I'm good. Yeah. So I can't remember anymore. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> Especially with Halo 4 and 5. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't really recall. I might have to try to power through the series and in time for uh in time for this one to come out I bet that'd be that'd be a good co-op experience mm, we might have i mean to, to not co-op up. yeah to not co-op for, right uh, halo infinite but <laughs> i mean to be fair that was one of the things that um you know my friends and i always did going mm-hmm. into the new halo games as you know we would co-op all the way up to where the game left off i remember when we were doing uh when we were getting ready for halo 4's launch you know, it was me and my college roommate. We spent all, like, all of one day playing through Halo <laughs> 1, 2, and 3 on, I think, like, we didn't do a Legendary. I think we just did Heroic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, we played 1, 2, and 3. By the time we finished 3, I think it was about, like, 
nine or 10 o'clock at night. We packed up at like <laughs> 1130, went to either GameStop or Walmart. I don't remember which one we went to. Bought Halo 4, played it until 530 in the morning when we beat it. And it was great. It was a memorable <laughs> experience. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a good time. And uh, yeah, I think we we should. We should do that. We should probably try and set something up either like a four-player or a two-player co-op sort of a run yeah. of the campaigns. I think it deserves yeah. it. Absolutely. It's a fantastic way to spend some time. Mm-hmm. Try to get that online for everybody to watch us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so along with the campaign, just recently we got a bunch of other kinds of information for the Halo, for Halo Infinite, and it really... Um, it was kind of a nice eye opener and that was they had released another video going deeper into how they were working on the PC client yeah. for Halo Infinite. Um, I watched the whole thing of that video probably a good two or three times just to kind of make sure I got a lot of my information correct. But I honestly have to say I was pretty genuinely impressed by that. It does look pretty cool. Yeah. It does look like it's well set up. It does, and for a couple of reasons that I'm kind of going to get into here. Um, you know, they kind of open up with all the stuff that they were working on with, you know, having to rebuild cinematics for ultra-wide, um, the just sheer amount of settings that they're, you're going to be able to customize, being able to set things like, you know, frame rate minimums and yeah, all the different kinds of tweaks that PC players like myself love to play with so that we can either get, like, <laughs> the biggest, you know, like the the most amount of graphical fidelity out of it or, you know, just kind of really hit that like max FPS that we can squeeze out of our system. So that's really, I mean, stuff like that is is really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got to hand it to them that for all of the shit that, you know, Matt and I do give 343 for what <laughs> Halo has kind of become... I do think that with this PC port, at least on a technical level, they're really pushing the bar forward for Halo on PC, which as a PC player, I can really appreciate. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like an afterthought like it has no, in the past. Right. It didn't. It doesn't feel like a really shoddy port, mm-hmm. uh, which has been really, really nice, especially coming from, you know, coming off of the Master Chief collection. I mean, the ports, the PC ports for that have been pretty good. Um, there have been, you know, bumps in the road with that one but overall (laughs) i've had a really really good experience with master chief collection on pc um some of the things that i I really wanted to highlight though is that they um in the video they talked about their anti-cheat they Mm -hmm. you know they they specify well it's gaming on pc we really have to think of the anti-cheat and um i don't know if you had caught this but one of the things that they mentioned is that they um, they mentioned that they don't want to insert some really gross DRM and they really want to respect the privacy of the player. And from what I gathered off of that, I don't know if you got the same thing, but from what I got off of that is that might have been a little bit of a dig at things like Vanguard or whatever the other yeah. thing we talked about in one of our previous podcasts about another like kernel level anti-cheat sort of software. Yeah. I'm guessing that's what they were trying to respond to. I'm intrigued to see how it's actually going to be working though. Yeah. Well, I mean like, you know, kind of like what we talked about is that those, those kernel level anti-cheats kind of have 
moderate to oh you know to fairly successful with providing yeah. anti-cheat but it's not bulletproof you know there is ways to get around that and there it are still there there's still <laughs> going to be cheaters online i'm curious to yes also see what they what they use uh, currently i think they were using um at least for the master chief collection i know they were using easy anti-cheat i don't remember if that's what they were using specifically for the technical test that we did do you happen to remember I can't recall now. I, I, I loaded it up, but now I can't remember what I saw. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think um, the easy anti-cheat is probably, I don't think that that's what they're going to be going for by how yeah. they were talking about this new custom solution that they're going to be working on. So, that, I mean, that'll be interesting. Um, always in favor of, you know, doing what you can to curb cheaters as long as it doesn't, you know, really invade my privacy. And I'm glad right. I appreciate that they're <laughs> that 343 is respecting that. That's good. Good for them. Yeah. Um, of course, this is going to be a really big one. Um, you know, over since Halo has launched on PC, uh, specifically with Master Chief Collection, it's kind of brought up a really heated debate around cross-play and what to do between controller input and mouse and keyboard input um, mm -hmm. i remember from when halo reach had launched on pc there was a really big like i don't know there was a really big debate and a lot of arguments on both sides as to whether or not you know mouse and keyboard players need to just get good or you know when you have such good aim assist is it even worth playing on mouse and keyboard because the aim assist is just so good and if you're playing competitively on small maps you mean there's no there's not going to be very many points where you're not going to be utilizing aim assist right so with that they've taken that feedback and they're going to be implementing um for ranked matchmaking they're going to be adding uh three separate hoppers so they're going to be adding a pc only hopper a console only hopper and a mixed crossplay hopper um i don't know do you have any thoughts on that I mean, considering some the bulk of my multiplayer experience, especially of late, like that has all been like Warzone. And the fact that Warzone is forced to be both or to be everyone mm -hmm. is kind of a point of contention, especially since, you know, cheating's a pretty significant issue mm -hmm. for Warzone. Um, obviously, that's not really. I, ideally, that's not really the concern here. Um, I like the idea of having separate hoppers, but if all goes according to plan, it shouldn't really be relevant. It shouldn't be needed. So I hope the default is crossplay. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess... As far as this goes, the reason that I'm really in favor of it is I really like options. Mm -hmm. And I really like that, you know, the the dev team is kind of they're doing what they can to give players the most amount of options to to yeah. make the experience that they want to play. If they don't want to play against, you know, console kitties, then they don't have to. And if the console people want nothing to do with those cheating mouse and keyboard players, <laughs> then they don't have to. And yeah, if exactly. they, you know, if they want to say, screw it, throw caution to the wind and dive on in crossplay, because, you know, they have 
friends who want to play matchmaking who are Xbox players and they're a PC player. It you have the options regardless of where right. you go. And yeah. I think, you know, just having options is just a good thing in general. Um so I'm in favor of this. Yeah. I'm gonna I might actually since I I, I have a, a new uh gaming computer, I might have to load it up on both the Xbox and on the PC and see how it plays, see where I actually prefer what matches my skills. It's gonna yeah. be interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could go either way from the sounds of things. You could hook your keyboard up to your Xbox or you could hook your, your uh, That's controller. Also true. Yeah, you can hook your controller up to your PC. Um, I was doing PC or doing controller on my PC for a while. And yeah. It runs pretty well. Right. I mean, Halo is the original. At this point, feels like it's the the twin stick shooter that that kind of really figured out controllers mm-hmm. in the first place. So. It stands to reason they'd still be pretty good at it. Yeah, I mean, if you're a longtime Halo player, you're probably pretty used to the controller by now. Right. I know that's what Matt keeps talking about is that, you know, he feels like almost dirty touching <laughs> a mouse and keyboard on Halo. Meanwhile, like, no joke, I, I wanted to post a picture of this either on our Twitter, but I didn't get a picture of it. But at one point, I was doing, like, some ultimate blasphemy where I was playing Halo on PC on controller using a nintendo switch pro controller like i was just i was crossing all these barriers and i was just like yeah like is this like blasphemous to do stuff like this that is just a hell of a setup right there (laughs) yeah it was great um and kind of going into the you know going into more of this crossplay thing which i think is just great in general Mm -hmm. um they also mentioned really cool integrations like discord with Xbox Live, with That's Steam, nice. like how how th- like I don't know about you, but I'm thrilled about this. Yeah, like this was one of those things that I was I was like, yes, thank you, thank you. This is the thing that I wanted. Yeah, seriously, no, this is going to be fantastic. Just mm-hmm. keep everything as close together as possible, so everyone can just play and it works. Yeah, and this this again goes into you know I got to shine some you know I do got to give them credit for going this sort of extra mile and making sure that like one of their core features is is crossplay and that's mm-hmm. really what they are driving home is that they really want to have everybody playing the halo experience together yeah this is really good because man i'm going to tell you after playing the technical test i never want to touch that goddamn game bar ever again <laughs> I hated, hated. It is, is kind of rough, yeah. I hated the Xbox app. I hated dealing with the party shit. I hated dealing with the game bar. I never want to touch it ever again. Let's all just get into Discord and we'll just join off of people in Discord. We'll just well, do it that way. Wasn't it was us trying to play Sea of Thieves, wasn't it? That we couldn't get it to work with me on the Xbox and you guys on the PC. We we had troubles with yeah like with getting everybody into like an Xbox party because yeah. it was just not working between the That's Windows insane. Xbox app and, and the, people and who were using it on Xbox. Yeah. yeah. It was just an absolute crapshoot on if that's that app is going to work or not and I feel like you know being able as an Xbox player being able to send invites to people on Steam is huge. You know oh, that's yeah, great. Be awesome. Yeah, I'm really really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a really that's another one of those big technical leaps in the right direction that I hope is again trend setting for gaming down the line, right. which is what Halo is kind of for the most part has been. You know, it's been a it's been a trendsetter and it 
kind of shows in this regard, especially with this next bullet point I'm going to talk about, because I'm not going to lie. This is by far like this one made me go from, wow, this is cool to holy shit. This is cool. Hmm. And that is, and this is the boomer in me talking is being able to host your own land. Oh, server. Yes. Yes. So, Everybody that I played Halo with, <laughs> we all as kids, you know, in mm-hmm. high kids in high school grew up on the Halo land party experience. We had those six, you know, those eight V8s yeah. in my in my basement. That's where, you know, I was the one that hosted the land parties. You know, there'd be stacks of pizza and Mountain Dew everywhere and a bunch of stinky high schoolers that were just gaming until, you know, five, six in the morning. This makes me so happy, and not just the fact that they are bringing the ability to do land servers, but that these are cross-playable yeah. land servers. That is by far one of the coolest things that I think I've heard of any game trying to introduce is bringing that land experience back to both the console and the PC player. Oh yeah, that'll be really cool to to see how that looks at this day and age. Uh, yeah, I. Did the exact same thing when I was young, hauled Xboxes over and TVs over to friends' houses mm-hmm. so we could all hook it up and play. And really, you only get like a screen the size of a modern cell phone to really be able to see what's going on and for your guy. But mm-hmm. oh my God, that was so much fun. Yep, because you're playing the four player split screen on yeah. one of those tiny, like 24 inch, you know, two <laughs> TVs. Yep. Yep. <sighs> Good old yeah. days. We we did that, man. Um, and I think this is this is really cool because as somebody who does like to go to, I mean, even now I still like going to LAN parties, whether they be events or, you know, somebody's house that I know. I love it. I love doing this kind of stuff. And the fact that like you don't even need a PC to attend a LAN party that I'm gonna have for Halo stuff. Right. That's magical. Like that's just that's great. You know. Again. We want to get everybody into the same Halo experience. And mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a good thing. Like that's Absolutely. not just a good thing, it's a great thing. <laughs> um, along with that, I mean, just to kind of close this this whole, you know, you know, farting rainbows all over <laughs> Halo Infinite right now. Um, to kind of close this out, uh, they they also mentioned that they are doing some hardware partnerships, um, both with AMD and uh Razor. You know, so they were showing off a bunch of like, you know, mice and keyboards, you know, with backlit keys and things like that, that kind of respond to the game events and things like that. Um, I, I don't really have much to say on the the hardware <laughs> stuff because yeah, whatever, like good luck yeah. finding anything or good luck finding, you know, any AMD anything. It, right. It's all hard to find. I might might be time for me to upgrade my mouse. Maybe I'll have to look at one of those Razer mice. Yeah, I've never really been a big Razer fan, at least for a long time. My keyboard's Razer. It's pretty fancy. It's pretty. It's very. I pretty. use I use a Cooler Master keyboard and a Cooler Master mouse. Nice. I have the. Let's see here. I have my my Quickfire TK <laughs> that I've had for many many years now. Um. I don't even remember what my it's like my M one seventy seven or something like that is what my mouse oh, is. Oh yeah, I remember seeing those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very light. I like how light it is. My my mouse is just an old Logitech G five oh two hero, I guess. 
She's nice. been around for a while. The G, I mean, G series has been around for a long time. For a super long time. So now it might mm-hmm. be time to maybe I spend a little bit of money and upgrade. Yep. So I mean, I would recommend. I mean, if you're inter, you know, if you're remotely interested in Halo PC, um, go check out that video that that they uh, that they dropped just recently and see for yourself kind of what what they're what they're putting into this. And it kind of goes to show like either a why this game has kind of taken so long to get out the door right and b how much they're trying to cram into this release as far as like technical features and things like that yeah where we are all very or matt and i are matt and i are very skeptical with how this campaign <laughs> is going to play out yeah we're even a little skeptical of how the multiplayer is going to play out but the technical test was pretty good you know mm-hmm. gameplay wise was fun i think we all had a pretty good time with it minus all of like you know again the technical issues that we ran into on the technical test so yeah all right so that's gonna wrap it up for all the halo news for this episode (laughs) stay tuned for more because i'm sure they're gonna be continually releasing stuff all the way up to uh all the way up to the release um i think we talked about we're we're suspicious that they're gonna be releasing some more information around the the 20th anniversary of of halo as well yep november 15th Mm -hmm. that's coming soon soon. but moving on yeah um whole different whole different side of the gaming world (laughs) uh and that is marketing marketing games is is an interesting beast wouldn't you agree oh yeah it's weird sometimes and in gaming i feel like at this point we've almost seen it all yeah there's been some weird stunts that have happened in the past that Mm -hmm. make no sense but yeah from like you know crazy gotcha games Mm -hmm. that are you know trying to wrangle every last penny and dollar out of you to like i don't know um you know, gambling sort of manipulation and that sort of a thing, or really, really lengthy grinds to kind yeah. of coax you into buying. So what we're getting at is that um, with this sort of marketing campaign that Ubisoft does, there's been a lot of buzz around Far Cry 6 and the Ubisoft emails that come out in relation to this. Mm-hmm. From Just to kind of give you, the listeners, some background is that... Uh, as of recently, people who have bought and have played Far Cry 6 are now getting the Ubisoft emails that are essentially these are themed around the game itself. The antagonist mm-hmm. is basically essentially taunting you to like basically play the game more and you know saying, ah, oh, you haven't finished the game yet, yada yada yada. Um we've seen a lot of this in the past, I mean, this isn't a new thing from Ubisoft. No, they, they've been doing this for a while. They've been doing this for a long time. I mean, I've received many of these from, you know, either The Division or mm-hmm. from when I was playing, um, uh, not the Ghost Recon game. It was probably Siege or something like that. Oh, sure. I was, I was yeah. getting it from another. Yeah. I know for a fact I got these from The Division. Yeah. But what I really kind of wanted to kind of touch on is that there's a lot of outrage about this in particular, that this is, um, I don't know, like this is kind of a a, a dirty marketing ploy by Ubisoft. Um, people are now, I think, getting really, it, it's gotten a lot of attention as of late. Yeah. 
because it's uh I, I guess because of the nature of the email and how it's kind of like you know it's basically telling the player hey you're not playing our game enough you should be playing our game more um to some would be calling this you know kind of a desperate move some would be <laughs> calling this kind of a cheap ploy um i mean in general what are your thoughts on on this eh, i mean i got the email that everyone that caused all this and mm-hmm. i glanced at it briefly and was like yep same thing i've always seen delete mm-hmm. just don't care it it it's it is slightly because it's in the tone of oh i know his first name president anton whatever played by jean carlo yeah castillo yeah um because it's it's written as if he wrote it it's very taunting because mm-hmm. that's i mean that's been their whole marketing campaign is him taunting you right he's a very um uh i don't know just a very he's in your in, face yeah he's a very in your face antagonist yeah i mean that's most far cry antagonists yeah that's are. that's really what far cry builds itself off of it's not really about any remarkably shocking cool gameplay it's pretty much the same gameplay since far cry 3 mixed with this really crazy villains mm-hmm. and so it to me it just seems like more of the same i mean i can see where it kind of feels slightly i don't know i guess negative but meh it's just a marketing email yeah i mean it gives you so it it does tell you i believe how many enemies you've killed and how many places you've liberated or how much of the map you've liberated i can't remember the specifics i tried to dig it up and i it must have cleared out of my my um delete box already gotcha but um it just gives you some stats and it's like oh you could have played if you keep playing you could get further along and defeat me or you could just suck it up Mm -hmm. and it you know it's just it's marketing right because i know on on one hand of it is that a lot of people will find this kind of cute Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's Anton being Anton. You know, this is this is just a silly email trying to get me to play more. On the other hand, there's people who are like, well, I only have, you know, 30 minutes sure. a week to play video games. And this is insulting to, you know, coax I... me into trying <laughs> to play more kind of a thing. I mean, I'm sure you can. I haven't actually looked, but I, there has to be a way to opt out of these emails. There is. I've done it. Okay. Yep. And that's uh, that that was a point that I was going to go into next is that while I get that, you know, there might be some people who are kind of sensitive to these kind of these kinds of emails, sure. you can opt out of them. But I also think that on the flip side, that just me to me that seems like this is a really bad marketing strategy <laughs> if they're trying to get people to play more and really they're just going to be like yeah, I don't want emails from Ubisoft ever <laughs> again. So this kind of garbage can this kind of garbage can go away, and that seems like a like very counterproductive from Ubisoft. Yeah, I I, I think they were kind of trying something out since they have that kind of villain, mm. and yeah, it people obviously have responded that for the most part, well at least vocally they don't like it. So mm-hmm. I will say since the outcry has started happening. I haven't seen one of those emails. I've gotten other emails from Ubisoft, but I have not seen a Far Cry email. Yeah, because on the flip side, there are people who do appreciate emails like that, not specifically for Far Cry, but like for like Rainbow Six Siege and things like that. It'll actually provide you with stats, 
you know, yeah. you various stats that you've done well, throughout the week or the month or something like that. Uh, the the ones for like the division I remember distinctly would mention like, hey, you've beaten through the main campaign, you've done this, this, and this. Did you know that we've dropped some new content that you could go and check out and try to do that as well? Like mm-hmm. it, it actually let me know that oh, there was stuff that I didn't notice had been released mm-hmm. because I've been busy with other things. So in a way they they can be kind of helpful to get you back into the game. Mm-hmm. It was just the I guess like the tone of this one is just not what people want. Right. It was a little too a little too aggressive and a little too on the nose. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Ubisoft they definitely have not apologized as far as I've heard. I can't find anything from them doing that, though. I'm going to bet internally they have a lot of other issues going on. So it might be kind of under the radar and they just quietly cancel the campaign and just mm-hmm. don't talk about it anymore. Yeah. I mean, it could be. I mean, that's I feel like that'd probably be a pretty easy thing to do as well. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, like I said, on one hand, it's like I, I kind of feel a little torn about it because like the cynical side of me and just knowing game industry trends, it's like, OK, they're really trying to squeeze as much engagement out of these games as humanly possible. It's good for, you know, it's good for the business metrics and things like that to make mm-hmm. sure that everybody is constantly <clears throat> engaged with their stuff so that they can sell more stuff. Sure. That's the cynical side of me is like, yeah, this is kind of a cheap ploy. But on the other side, you know, the more, I don't know, I don't know about forgiving or naive side of me kind of says, well, I mean, just working in a company that has a marketing department, I know that marketing is kind of its own beast yeah, and they operate pretty siloed and what they do kind of doesn't represent what a lot of like Ubisoft may want to do or what the developers necessarily want to do. Like, cause the developers might actually hate this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Like, you know, or they might love it. I don't know, but I know that, you know, marketing doesn't usually align with what everybody else's initiatives and wants are. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Sorry if you're a marketing person, but I mean, you probably know that this is, you know, gotta be, there's probably some truth to this. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're bad. It just, you're different yeah fine it's okay and that and that's that's totally fine yes yes we hate the marketing (laughs) not the marketer correct unless you call my phone stop doing that yeah (laughs) uh but uh, i mean that's kind of all i have yeah that's all we really got on far cry 6 um from the sounds of it you know the the reviews on this game are pretty mixed you know, a lot of people say it's repetitive. It's Far Cry. You know, other people say it's Far Cry. That's great. That's a good thing. You know. Yeah, I I'm not enjoying it as much as I enjoyed Five, though Five definitely hits a little bit closer to home since it was set in Montana. So, mm-hmm. are you from Montana? I am not. But okay. At least I I I know where Montana is. <laughs> <laughs> this is just in some nondescript Latin American island so yeah i think it's not like a real place Mm-mm. this isn't so I, actually a real place it doesn't like i don't have that connection to it at all so it's just like okay whatever mm-hmm. i'll do what i can all right but so a couple weeks ago moving on to a new topic <laughs> a couple weeks ago we had the chance to play the battlefield 5 beta oh yeah um battlefield 5 or I'm sorry. Wow. 
<laughs> Battlefield 2042. I don't know why I got Battlefield 5. Um, the Battlefield 2042 beta. Yeah. Uh, with Battlefield coming out and I think like two weeks from this episode's release. I think so. I have to double yeah. check the date. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, the Battlefield team has released a pretty big article, pretty big blog post, essentially talking about a lot of the things that they've kind of learned and their takeaways from said beta. Um, one of them being, uh, well, one of the things that they announced with this blog post is that they are revealing the last of the five specialists. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how you were feeling about the the whole specialist system. I had other complaints that ranked higher. I mean, I, I was fine with the more, I guess, generic soldiers that were there in the past. Mm-hmm. But would you yeah. be more in favor of like a the old school classing system? Or do you think the specialist is it's, fine? It's more familiar. And I kind of enjoyed it, but I see what they're trying to do with specialists. So I'm, I guess I'm willing to kind of play with it some more because I, I'll be honest, I did not watch the video showing us who the final five were. Okay. Well, I mean, so they announced five of the specialists. I'm not going to go into them individually, but now there are a total of 10 of them. Mm -hmm. They each have, you know, like with the beta, they each have their own traits. Um, But one of the things that they wanted to talk about was, and I don't know... I mean, just going through some of the list of things that they did talk about um, was uh, how you identify friend from foe. Mm-hmm. So one of the big issues that I know that some of us had, oh, yeah. a lot of people had, is that when you have McKay knifing McKay with a McKay next to you, it gets a little confusing as to who's a bad guy and who is not. Yeah. So that was one of the things that they wanted to address right away is that um, they're looking at improving the UI system so that you can eat a lot easier to, to tell easily more easily friend from foe. Um, they talked about doing updates to the pinging system. Thank God. Cause the pinging system was god awful. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, uh, communication that they've talked about. Um, so it'll be interesting what we'll be able to do with all 10 specialists. One of the criticisms of Battlefield is that it was really, really difficult to essentially build a squad comp yeah. with the specialist because you could have whatever weapon you wanted. You could have a loadout that basically did anything. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, you could kill whatever you wanted. And so that kind of makes it difficult to identify what your team is able to do based on the specialist that they are. Right. They say that they're doing things to address that by, I guess, from the sounds of it, it was like, well, you didn't have all 10 specialists. We're adding the rest of the specialists with the rest of the game. Um, You'll have to let us know what you think. And I'm not super satisfied with that answer. It it was a really weird answer for it. Mm -hmm. What? Because, yeah, because playing the playing the beta it did seem like it was sure that we had access to multiple specialists but really i only saw two on a regular basis i mean definitely mckay because that's sweet 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 grappling hook everybody i love the grappling hook that was that's so what i fun. i played with that exclusively mm-hmm. and a handful of 
Oh, I cannot remember her name, but the medic, the one that had the little gun that could res people. Yeah, the the medic grandma. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise, like, I tried being the guy with the turret, but the turret never really seemed super useful, so I ditched him pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And the drone of the sniper guy, the ghillie suit guy, seemed didn't do a lot. So, okay. yeah. So they, they just, I never really saw them on the map. Like, no one ever really played as them. So it was all McKay and that's fine. It, it works fine in older battlefields because everyone, it was based off your class. So everyone's kind of expecting a very generic look, but because they're specialists, they all have a very defined look. So it's very awkward. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, I don't know, do these abilities of the other, the final five, really stand out right because that was the big that was one of the biggest criticisms is that depend like regardless of uh if you're on team usa or team russia mm-hmm. mckay looked like mckay yep so it was He's really really McKay. yeah you it was really difficult to tell which mckay was on us and which mckay was on the russian team yeah it almost seems like they would need to almost go to that step where they are almost kind of the generic soldier and give McKay like a full on, you know, outfit per team <laughs> yeah. that they're on so that you could really easily identify it. But supposedly it sounds like they're going to be doing some more UI work to identify friend from foe, which yeah. sounds like it's kind of moving in like maybe even like that halo direction where they do the crazy highlight. Uh, I They need to be careful with it. it it's, I, I think what we're more likely to see down the road, and I almost expect this at this point, is mm-hmm. we will see where um, they'll update the game so then you can choose whoever body you want, and then you can choose whatever special ability you want for that body. So then it's not everybody as McKay, so they could keep using the grappling hook. They could be any of the characters and still use the grappling hook. Mm-hmm. So they just lose their specialness. Right. Well, um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I do hope that they address that because that eh, I didn't I didn't like that. Yeah, and this blog post hasn't really. I mean, just from what I've read here, hasn't really sold me on the idea that this is. Um, I don't know. It, it hasn't really it sold felt me very on the defensive. Idea. <laughs> yes, it was like, well, you don't. Like, hey, you, you haven't guys seen don't the whole know, thing okay? yet. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't know. All the stuff that you're going to be able to have to do. So pay us the 60 bucks and then you can. Though, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot to put this in there. Um, if you have EA Play or Game Pass Ultimate, um, you automatically get to play their early trial on the 12th. Oh. So right. for um, EA, if you have that, you, you basically get a 10-hour demo of the game yeah before it releases so everyone that has game pass ultimate does get access to it yeah that's a pretty classic ea move they did a lot of that stuff like going all the way back to the original like battlefront not the original but the newer battlefront games they did that so so at least we'll get a chance to play it and decide whether or not do we actually is it worth the the money for it yeah i'm assuming this is going to be on game pass did they say that they did this was going to be not game pass or not no, they have not okay. yet. It would be part of the EA play if it was going to be. Right. But I, was, but I think if you get yeah. Game Pass Ultimate, you have you EA, EA play. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. All right. Badass. Um, I mean, along with that, they, they have some pretty interesting information. Like they have, uh, if you go and read through this blog post, they have some interesting like heat maps of like yeah. where the where like the vehicle interactions are and where the players go and where you know people are killing each other and things like that. That's just kind of fun data if you're it is kind of neat. I dig yeah. that stuff. Yeah, if you're a data dork, this is that's always kind of fun stuff to see. And I mean, to be honest, a lot of this is no surprise. I mean, you, of course, you see some of the hottest areas on the map are where the capture points are. Like, yeah, that's not surprising at all. And of course, the hottest of the hottest part of the map was the tower. Yeah, the, the top of the building where all the helicopters would go and hang out oh and God. farm kills. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they talked a little bit about. We also, you know, they also kind of go into a bit about matchmaking, bots on the servers. They felt like the bots were too. I don't know that that they were just too prevalent. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little spooked that. I honestly didn't really notice when there were bots and when there weren't. Right. So I guess that's probably a good thing. But at the same time, I was like, I'd rather just play with actual players. One, hopefully that doesn't become an issue when we're playing the game to be able to have a f- regular full lobby as opposed to needing to fill up the lobby with bots. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. Um, they also talked about uh, some of the UI improvements that they were going to bring in. Um, they have a screenshot of uh, something that was more close to, I don't know, it's closer to like a kind of a classic battlefield look. You see the tickets mm-hmm. at the top. Um, <laughs> they, they have confirmed you can, in fact, look at the map. <laughs> you can, in fact, look at the map so in the game. frustrating. <laughs> yep. Apparently... Um, <laughs> So apparently, according to this, was disabled in the what they called the big map. So this the map was disabled in the build that we got for the beta. And from the sounds of things is that they, they had a bunch of systems in place that they couldn't get into the beta because there were a bunch of bugs with said systems that yeah. were causing, you know, game breaking things to happen. So they opted to just not have it in the beta. Uh, okay. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. I mean, I can see why they decided to delay the game. Yeah. So they had that, um, just kind of going through some of this. Um, what else did they have in here? There was, uh, so they had the map. They have kind of a squad communication menu. So they have like a, you know, like a like a big boxy menu that you can open up that's basically like, you know, need medic, need ammo, that sort yeah. of thing. I did notice that that was kind of missing yeah. from the it, but I never really like, I didn't think about it too much, but that's it, kind of a classic Battlefield thing too. Yeah, well, and it's helpful to be able to, when, you, when you're actually down needing a medic, it's good to actually have that mechanic to actually, if there is a medic nearby you, they can actually hear that you want help as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to respawn. Yeah. So hopefully yep. this helps motivate medics a little bit more. Oh, God, no. <laughs> medics don't like resing people. Are you kidding? Like, easy points. I, I love know. resing people. Well, speaking of easy points, 
they did talk about that a little bit too, about how they're going to be giving some more love to support style players. Yeah. Um, coming directly from this blog post, it says, speaking of which, a note for regular support style players, there were multiple scoring events related to the transport assist, spawn support, resupply, heal support that were absent from the open beta build. They are in our full game and they will always reward strong team play in Battlefield. So, if you were missing your support player points, they are in fact oh in the game. Here mm-hmm. we go. That'll be so nice. You, so you can get points for you know being the being the uh, the ultra Chad and driving everybody around in the Humvee or the helicopter. If you're one of those super Chads driving around in the Osprey and everybody's just oh, racking up kills, yeah, you'll get the points. Yeah, as you so deserve. Absolutely. Um, to kind of close it out a little bit you know they they went into a bit on the team and squad play um talking a little bit about loadouts what to expect um when you're kind of working with what they say is for the first six four to six hours in the full game expect to be working with a reduced array of gadgets from your open gadget slot with your journey through the ranks slowly um Oh, with your journey through the ranks, slowly introducing new ones for your loadouts. The traditional experience of a Battlefield game where classes fulfill traditional roles and experience that you graduate out of through your first 10 levels. Your specialists will have options to choose from the medical crate, ammo, ammo crate, etc., etc. So mm-hmm. they kind of go into a bit of the uh, the progression system and how you basically kind of start off as more of that sort of generic soldier yeah, just generic soldier and kind of move into that sort of specialist role. So cool, I guess that could be neat. Yeah. Yeah. That should be pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think lastly, yeah, they <laughs> they talked about some frustrations people had with the, with the attachments menu and how like oh things weren't, God. things weren't That's... working quite right. Yep. And yeah, well, there was no like button prompt to explain how to do it right off the bat and because there's no single player that you can work through to figure out what that looks like you just had to go with um nothing pretty much right and hope for the best yep or you know you would set your uh you would set your your loadout kit on your gun and then by the Mm -hmm. time you die it would just get reset also true i'm assuming that all that stuff is going to be fixed um probably one of the things I didn't uh, that I didn't see that they didn't talk about that I know we had some pretty big feedback on was the uh, the in-game menu UI was pretty weak. My guess is is that it's going to be that is definitely not the final part of it. Yeah, um, which is interesting because this felt like like kind of a traditional beta rather than just like a you know like a marketing beta like a buy our game and get access to the right. beta. Um. Yeah, it felt very old school for betas. A little bit, yeah. Like it was just just broken enough to be to seem like a beta. Um, and I think that's yeah, that's really what we got as far as the the battlefield briefing. Um, so we'll we'll stay tuned for more information on that. But I don't think there's going to be much more coming out of them until this releases because it's we're within weeks now yeah. before this game releases. So November nineteenth. November 19th. So yeah, it is in just under two weeks from this episode. Yeah, just right around the corner. Yep. Uh, 
lastly, in terms of our what we were going to talk about today, um, is the Sony State of Play. <laughs> um, now, you being the, the PlayStation guy that you are, do you want to break down a little bit about what you saw at the State of Play? Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. It was a bit of a letdown, and it, it's kind of the general consensus from most people because we didn't see anything from games people have been waiting to hear more from. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of either... I mean, they're all indie titles in some way, shape, or form. Um, so... Yeah, um, like we did get an update for, I'll kind of just go down the list. Uh, some of these, I'll, I'll be honest, like I watched it and I still don't entirely understand what they are. So um, we'll probably just skirt past them a little bit. Uh, we got to see some more of that new Five Nights at Freddy's game because that series is apparently still alive. Um, a Kart Rider Drift, it looks like a Mario Kart racing kind of game for the PlayStation. Looks like a Mario Kart clone. That's about all that can be said there. Sure. Uh, um, First Class Trouble is kind of an interesting one. It's very much, um, it's kind of easy to call it like an Among Us clone, you know, one of those werewolf style games with social stealth and that kind of thing. Um, It's basically a third person game where a group of you are trapped on a starliner that's uh, having catastrophic issues you have to work together to actually repair the ship while some people are imposters Hmm. um it it doesn't have it does have more mechanics about team building and trying to build trust between people because you actually have to work to repair sections of the ship Mm -hmm. um which is kind of interesting and something i kind of want to try out um I have it on the PC. I just haven't had a chance to play it. Um, cool part for this one. It is actually now available for free on PlayStation Plus if you do have it. So I would say pick it up. Now, I can't remember. Is this is this on early access on PC? Yes. Yes. I think same it's with, still early access. Is it, is it the same build for PlayStation, yeah. I'm guessing, too? Okay. Yep. So this is technically an early access game, but it's yeah, it's very Among Us-esque. Yeah. I have. So, I do think I have seen footage of this game. I just haven't played it myself. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fun. I mean, <laughs> I uh, Matt does have his outstanding rule about early access games at this point. Um, but it would be fun to get a group of people together to try it out. See if we could get. I, don't, I wonder if it has cross play on the PlayStation Five. I might have to look that up. I didn't see anything announced for it, so I don't know. But it'd be fun to get a lot of people together to play it. Um. We did get announcement of an expansion, a free expansion for Bug Snacks, the kind of surprise PlayStation 5 hit um, that came out on game launch, which will be kind of neat. Um, a couple games I'm not super familiar with, and I tried to understand it, but really didn't get it. Um, we are OFK and Death First Let It Die. What is that? Um, that was a weird motorcycle there. Um I don't know what those those ones are. I, Death First, I feel like I've seen before. It's kind of a simplistic uh, adventure game mm-hmm. um, with a really unique kind of minimalist art style. So it'll be kind of interesting to see that. Okay. Um, Death's Door has kind of been... I've heard it tossed around a lot. I think it's on Xbox or Switch. And it's kind of cropped up a little bit more and more i keep hearing its name and i just haven't had a chance to dig deeper into the game 
but it's now coming out on PlayStation. Okay. Um, King of Fighters 15, which is a series I forget exists constantly, but they, they're on the 15th version. Yep. Yep. Um, Star Ocean, which, as, uh, speaking of series I forget still exists, that one's coming back and coming out on the PlayStation. And Little Devil Inside. And yeah, that's the whole list of everything we saw. It was, again, 20 minutes altogether. Kind of underwhelming. Yeah, it was very short. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so out of out of that list, is there anything in particular that you thought was really interesting? Or let me back up. <laughs> when you, we started this, when we started this section, you said that there were a bunch of things that you said were missing that were kind of expected. What were those things that were expected? Uh, I mean, people are always going to want to know more about some of the big PlayStation titles, some more of the uh, Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok, which I know it wasn't like super expected that we'd get some more from it, but, you know, we still want to know. So, or even um, now that it's been announced more on Gran Turismo. Mm. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot you could talk about. It's a racing game, though. Um, Microsoft does seem to be able to show off 20 minutes of Forza Horizon 5 every single chance yeah. they get. Yep, they, they are very, very <laughs> proud of that racing game. Right. Good news comes out next week. No more uh, promo videos after it's released. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I don't know, people were expecting more, maybe some new game announcement or something. And it just, yeah, it's very underwhelming considering the timing. Yeah. Now, do you think, I mean, this is kind of the same symptom that I think a lot of the Nintendo Directs end up having, too, is that because they do these so frequently, mm-hmm. they don't always have a lot of content to really put on display or even just get a lot of people hyped about. They kind of just like slap a bunch of stuff together and be like, OK, here's another 20 minute thing on a bunch of games that we got in the works. I'm going to guess that's part of what it is. It's it's probably a side effect of the pandemic still where they don't really have great timelines for a lot of these things. So once they can get enough stuff together to actually mm-hmm. say, hey, we do have stuff coming out, we promise they just shoot it out there as long as gotcha. it can meet that 20 minute timeline. Gotcha. Now, a lot of these were a lot of these were games that were already announced or were these fairly new announcements? Um, I'm. The Bug Snacks one was kind of a surprise because I hadn't heard talk about DLC for that at all. And maybe Star Ocean, but for the most part, these are games that exist somewhere else. Okay. In so some way, shape, like or form. Ports? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So overall, from your impression, I get that it was a bit underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's fair. It's the well, way it's been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean like like kind of what we were saying is that they can't they can't all be a winner, right? No. You know, especially if you're doing them as frequently as they are, which is, you know, good and bad. You get a lot of information about a lot of games, but at the same time there's going to be a lot of these state of plays that aren't going to be the most exciting, but I mean I'm sure that like, you know, if you're a fan of any one of these like if you're a King of Fighters fan, I'm sure you Right. Maybe you were shitting your pants, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe if you're, I, I, I'm not a fan of fighting games in general. So maybe if you just want a new fighting game, that could be exciting for you. And That's, hopefully it is. Yeah. I, you know, I hope so. <laughs> cool. 
So you think that's that kind of wraps up what we got going on for state of play? Yeah, that's pretty much all that there is for state of play. <laughs> Perfect. That's uh, it's good to hear. I guess. Well, um, I suppose with that, then I think that kind of closes out all the main things that we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just gonna drop some kindling on you the listener dear listener just a couple of quick news bits to kind of close out this episode um thank you for sticking with us this long but uh we just got a little bit more for you because we like you so much (laughs) so to kind of go through this in kind of quick succession um going down the list of news items that we got doom eternal is getting a horde mode so if you're not familiar with uh, what a horde mode is, um, either Gears of War or, you know, think Gears of War horde mode or like a... Um, fire team in Halo. Fire team in Halo, yeah, where you're taking on a lot of waves of different stuff. I mm-hmm. think this could be a really cool thing. This Something like this would work very well for a Doom Eternal where it's all oh, about absolutely just would. mass slaughter. Yeah, yeah, that's that could be really good stuff. Um, and it's one of their biggest updates that they're providing for free. And it's yeah. going to be out very, very soon. Uh, actually, I think it's already out. I was going to say, I know it's either this week or early next. Um, let's see here. Looking at this is that it is out on October 26th. So we're a little late to the punch <laughs> on this one. <laughs> it's a week ago. It's fine. We're good. Yep. We're still so good. you probably already know that this is already out. Congratulations. I hope you did very, very well in Horde mode. Um, along with that, we have uh, the Xbox Series uh is getting some expansion cards, so you'll be able to expand your hard drive soon. You will have a 512 gigabyte and a 2 terabyte expansion card, uh, $139.99 and $399.99, respectively. Um, Those will be coming soon, brought to you by Seagate, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit of news from Among Us is that it is coming to the PlayStation and Xbox on December 14th. I'm sure you console players are thrilled about that um who doesn't love a good game of among us right um blood rain revamped and blood rain 2 revamped will be coming to consoles november 18th um i've never played a blood rain game but i'm assuming that this is a a remake or a Mm. remaster vampires eating nazis what else do you need i I don't i don't know (laughs) i I don't i don't know (laughs) That's a good question. I'm uh, <laughs> not familiar with this concept. Um, God of War will be coming to PC January 14th. So sweet. I can finally play God of War because I'd never, I don't own a PlayStation. It's an amazing so game. That'll be good. Um, I didn't see what platforms is this coming to on PC. Is this, I'm guessing it's going to be a Steam thing. We've had a lot of PlayStation yeah. releases come to Steam. Everything I've heard with uh, PlayStation and Sony, it's always been Steam related. I haven't heard it go to anywhere else. Cool. Cool. I can't wait to get some boy on. Boy. Boy. Um, so the PlayStation 5 and Xbox series uh, updates for Cyberpunk and The Witcher 3 have been delayed into next year. Sad. Unha- unhappy face. Mm-hmm. Um. An update to The Division 2 has been delayed. Unfortunately, Season 8 has been delayed to February of 2022. Uh, We're going to need to pour one out for our homies because 343 is shutting down the 360 servers for uh, games including, but not limited to. Just making sure I bring up my list here. 
Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, Halo Reach, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo Wars, and Halo Spartan Assault. I feel like we're going to need to have like some sort of like funeral arrangements for the Halo 3 online service. That was a classic. I mean, who didn't love playing Halo 3 online? It was epic. All right. So every listener out there, bust out that Xbox 360, get your copy of Halo 3 out. We should have like a, yeah, like a funeral for Mm -hmm. the Halo 3 service where we spent many of our childhood hours. I have to take my hat off, but that would look pretty bad. (laughs) So, um, Continuing on, um, we have more Blizzard employees who are no longer Blizzard employees are uh, creating their own studios. Um, A bunch of Blizzard and World of Warcraft veterans um, are building out notorious studios. So they're looking to create fantasy RPGs. So more from the front of, you know, everybody kind of wants to leave Blizzard and kind of do their own thing. Good for them. You know, we've been over this for the, you know, plethora of other studios that have been spawned off of Blizzard. So congrats to everybody who is, you know, leaving Blizzard and starting something fresh. We are excited to see what you have to bring. And I can't wait to buy your stuff. Um, A survival horror Lara Croft game has been canceled. Um, It was shown as part of the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider. Um, It was abandoned for the 2013 reboot, but it has officially been canceled. (laughs) F's in the chat. Um, This one got me a little bit. I I didn't put this in here, but I thought it was really, really weird. Um, So there is a Wu-Tang action RPG reportedly in development for Xbox. Why not? Because, you know. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. I mean, 50 Cent did it, what, like 10 years ago? Wu-Tang might as well do it. True. I'm sure Wu-Tang would probably be better than a fi- than 50 Cent's... Oh, what the hell was that game called? Blood in the Sand. Blood in the Sand. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like Get Rich or Die Trying or anything. I think no. that was one of his albums. Yep. Yep. So, Cool. I, I don't really know what to say about that other than let's see what happens when this releases. I hope it's good. Um, I think this is one of yours. Uh, there's yep. some information we got for Sega and Microsoft. Yeah, just announced the day of recording. Um, and we think this kind of ties into some of the rumors we've heard about Microsoft making an acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like it probably wasn't going to be an acquisition, but Sega will be using the Azure cloud platform to move forward with super game, super game, super game, which is, that, is, is that not the title? a game. Oh, it's the name of an initiative to make ridiculously advanced games, basically. Okay. So with the, their what they say, their key focuses are, and these are their words, global, online, community, and IP utilization. That is and, like the most like corporate sounding yep. babble I've ever heard. <laughs> yep. We, we don't know anything else right now. Uh, we just have the Sega press release to go off of. So hmm. okay. I'm excited to see where it goes, though. They have a lot of different IPs. So 
this can mean so many different things. It could mean a lot of different things. And judging by the uh, the corporate speak on this one, <laughs> sounds like they still got a lot to figure out too. Yes. Oh, yep. Well, that's interesting though. Um, I kind of hope that's not the only thing that's going on between Sega and Microsoft. Right. There's been a lot of rumors about their relationship for a while. So maybe this is, you know, kind of more nudging in that direction. They see how the relationship works out and then eventually they move in. They're going on a couple of dates. Yeah. yeah. Just got to test the water a little bit. Right. You know, they got to, they're, they're trying to make sure that they're the perfect match for each other. Right. Don't, don't right. rush into things. Don't no. rush in. Nope. All right. I think that's all that we have for for tonight. I think so. Cool. Well, thank you for joining me, Chris. Oh, yeah. And thank you for joining me, dear listener. Be sure, dear listener, that if you are still listening to the podcast at this point in time, that you go <laughs> and like and subscribe our YouTube videos. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Camp Game Pod. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram at Campfire Gaming Podcast. And while you're at it, be sure to visit our website, campfiregamingpodcast.com, and follow the links to our Discord, which we would welcome you with open arms and loving feelings. Mm -hmm. With that, we're going to close it out for tonight. We'll see you guys next week. And as always, we'll see you next time around the campfire.